Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. Seven-footers, gang. What is going on? It is the NBA postseason, and things are going to get heated. What's going on over there, Gerard? Oh, you know, enjoying this lovely day we have out here. It's like sunny and 70. I mean, thank God. It's like, whew, get us get us towards this spring and summertime. Please, winter brutal up here in the Northeast. Yeah, didn't that... uh. That animal, that groundhog. Punks and Tony Phil. <laughs> yeah, the um, the groundhog. He yeah. he he screwed us again. Yeah, I mean, he usually does. That's usually his mo. <laughs> he usually yeah, pretty does. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, let's get into it here because we got to talk about the play-in, which kicks off tonight as we're recording this on April twelfth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll be one day in, of course, mm-hmm. when you guys hear this. And we are going to break down the matchups here. And Gerard is going to tell you guys what he is seeing in potential series that are going to happen and make predictions for you guys. And we're going to go through each conference here. And let's kick it off with the number one Miami Heat. And they will play the eight seed. Now that could be the Hawks, Cavs, Hornets, or Nets, depending on the play-in, which of course kicks off on April 12th. So Gerard, talk to me about the number one Miami Heat. I mean, a lot of these teams, I mean, these teams right here, the four teams I named have, they have grit and you don't want to lose to them. No, no, no. Look, I, the Heat, first of all, shouts to the heat kudos getting the one seed. Um, You know, they did what they had to do ex on many people's coach of the year lists. If he wins it, I would not be uh, mad at that. He's done a hell of a job with all the inconsistencies and injuries in that lineup all season long. Um, You know, my concern about the heat is again, can they score enough points when it matters? I know everybody's like Tyler hero, bam. But like those guys have not been consistently effective all season long and that worries me Kyle Lowry is a little bit older um you know I I, all all those things to me are concerning Jenna now all that being said it doesn't matter in the first round if they get the Hawks the Mm -hmm. Hornets or the Cavs they would beat either one of those teams in five games at most now if for some reason the Brooklyn Nets lose the playing game tonight and then they win the next game and get the eight seed that um, a potential Miami Brooklyn matchup. Now that's a whole different can of worms because while the Brook Brooklyn has its defensive deficiencies, they can score a ton. And as good as Miami is defensively, we're talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving here, right? Like, I mean, they're going to get theirs and can Miami score enough if that were, be, were to be a potential matchup. Now, the reality is I don't think that'll be a matchup because the Nets, I believe will win tonight get that seven seed and end up playing the Celtics, which we'll, t- which we'll talk about in a minute, in a minute. So I think it's going to be Hawks versus 
heat. And, you know, look, we talked about the Hawks all year. I was just disappointed with the energy they came out with to start the season. You know, again, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Trey Young's whole deal about it's hard to get up for the regular season when you've accomplished what we've accomplished. It's like, well, I mean, okay, my God, you've been to one conference finals and shit, you may not go back again. Keep this up. Like, you know what I mean? You may never make it back again. No, seriously. The thing is, people just assume it's so easy just to make the conference finals and the finals. It's not. It's really hard. And you got to come with the right attitude. And I just felt like this Hawks team this year just didn't come with the requisite attitude. Um, And, you know, we saw what we saw what uh, GM Travis Schlank said this year was like, "Hmm, maybe I should have brought everybody back. I mean, it is very rare that a GM just wildly says that in the middle of the season. Like, that is crazy. So, you know, I don't think Miami would be a problem for this team. I mean, excuse me, the Hawks would be a problem for the Heat. So if it is, in fact, the Miami Heat and Atlanta Hawks, uh, what I'm going to be watching for is the the Heat's offensive execution. Now, the Hawks' defense ain't great, so it's going to look really good. Maybe that's what they need, right? They need to kind of play against a team like that who's got poor defense just to get them kind of in a rhythm and in a groove on what they're going to do in terms of scoring points. We know what they can do defensively. As good as they are, Trey Young's going to get his, but I don't know about anybody else. And John Collins, we're still not sure about his injury situation. Is he playing? Is he not? Uh, so I'd say Heat in five in that series. Moving on. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think this is a pretty much a done deal here at this point, unless you know the Nets give us some type of wild card, which that could very well happen. Sure. So it's very possible. Crazier things have happened, and it's the NBA. We know things can get a little wild. But next matchup here, the number two Boston Celtics. What a season turnaround. Now, they would play the number seven seed, which could be the Nets or the Cavs. And obviously, these are two very distinctly different teams. One more frightening than the other, of course, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But, I mean, hey, you don't want to face the Cavs either some nights. Yeah, so, you know, this series, Jenna, first of all, kudos to Boston and head coach Ime Udoka. Jenna, Boston started the year 10 and 12, something of that nature. It Below 500, London. they were, right, remember we were like, ooh, this is not looking good. They were, do you know where they finished the season in adjusted net rating in the entire NBA? Just take a guess. I mean, don't tell me, like, tell me. Number one. One. Oh, I wasn't going to think. I didn't think one. One. They shot all the way up to number one in adjusted net rating. What Damn. a turnaround. They finished the year 10th in adjusted offensive rating and sixth and, and first, excuse me, in adjusted defensive rating. Again, the Phoenix Suns had that top spot all year. And the Celtics just last 10 or so games pushed ahead. Now, to be fair, the Suns were resting heat because they already figured we got the one seed locked up. Let's chill, whatever. But be that as it may. The Celtics turnaround has been incredible. Now it has, it has. If they end up playing the Cavaliers, I see a 4 0 sweep, maybe 4 1. Like I, I just, the Celtics guard too well and the Cavaliers don't score enough on offense. They just, they, I mean, Darius Garland is it really. I mean, they don't really have an, another player consistently that can create and make his own shot. And honestly, you put Marcus Smart on him. He's going to have a rough awakening to his first playoffs if, in fact, it is it is the Cavaliers. But as you know, I do not think it'll be the Cavaliers. I believe it'll be the Brooklyn Nets. And that is a whole different can of worms. Once again, look, the Nets have their issues, we know, defensively. But they'll be an underdog in this series, and rightfully so. But would it surprise you if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving beat the Celtics in seven games? No. Wouldn't surprise me. 
right? Yeah. Mainly because we know what their track record is in terms of big games and shot making. And, you know, in the playoffs, when things grind to a halt and you need to get a big bucket, Katie and Kyrie are the ultimate shot makers in the idea yeah. of your defense is, okay, well, we're just going to make something out of nothing. Like they're, they're really good at that. And when you have them on the floor with someone like a Seth Curry who can space and shoot up threes, listen, all you need is Bruce Brown. If they can get decent minutes from Nicholas Claxton, this series could be a far more dangerous for Boston than they want. And Boston is without Robert Williams. And he's a big part of their defense. Big loss. And as good as Al Horford is, Al Horford's on the older on the older side of his career now. Um, you know, now look, Tatum and Brown do their thing and they're excellent, but you know, they're not prone. To, they're, they're not, they're not, uh, they, they, they can easily get into a situation offensively where they stop their ball movement and they get into too much one-on-one heavy isolation. And if they do a lot of a steady diet of that, that'll play right into Brooklyn's hands because no ball movement. Cool. All we gotta do is worry about make or miss with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. We'll live with those odds, right? So mm-hmm. I just think that that would be extremely interesting. So I'm going to watch in, in a potential Nets um, buck series how the Nets defend in terms of just giving the requisite effort. Like play the, de- the type of defense you played in the playoffs last year, right? Not mm-hmm. the regular season defense or the defense they played at the beginning of this season when they were actually playing well defensively. If they're doing that defensively, guess what? I think this will be a, a long series and it could go either way. Very, very interesting. I mean, yeah, uh, to your point, when you're looking for shot makers, of course, you're going to look to Kyrie and KD. But also, I mean, look at the postseason experience that the both of them have combined, not to mention Kyrie Irving's one of the most clutch players in the NBA, especially when it comes to those types of moments. So yeah, going to be an interesting one there. But that Celtics defense is too tough. All right, let's talk about the Oh, I I, I didn't make my prediction yet. Uh, Prediction. It is Nets Celtics. I am going to say Brooklyn in seven. They win game seven on the road in Boston. Okay. Just because you said that, I'm going to say Boston (laughs) wins it at home game seven. And it is going to be the biggest upset of the postseason. Just to go and different. You heard it here first. Just, kids. just to go different. <laughs> just to go different. I mean, I didn't come up with that on my own. Um, okay, let's talk about the number three seed Bucks versus the number six seed Chicago Bulls. Is this so, a no-brainer? I mean, defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, and everyone talked about how Milwaukee rested all their players at the end of the, the last game to duck the Nets in round one so they would play the Bulls. <laughs> Um, shout out to my colleague, David Thorpe on true who says, I don't know if they were ducking the net so much as they'd like, no, we want to play Chicago instead. And when you think about that, that makes sense. Chicago's reeling. They're injured. Lonzo ball will not be mm-hmm. here for the playoffs. Zach Levine's dealing with an injury. You know, the Chicago bulls aren't the team they were at the beginning of the season. Um, and this is the Milwaukee bucks talking about the defending champions. We know they have zero answer for Giannis on Chicago. He's going to do his thing and dominate that series. Uh, Drew Holiday is going to be a nightmare guarding Zach Levine. I mean, it's going to be tough sledding for him. And not only that, Jenna, travel is a big deal in the NBA in the postseason, right? How many mm-hmm. times you got to get on a plane, do all that? Milwaukee to Chicago is about a 40-minute flight, okay? That is, I mean, Milwaukee could not have picked a better first-round opponent than the Chicago yep. Bulls. 
a team that I believe they will sweep four games. Milwaukee will be resting comfortably awaiting the winner of Boston, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think you're spot on with that one right there. I mean, come on. It is what it is. And unfortunately, huge losses for the Bulls in mm -hmm. Levine and uh, Ball there. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about another matchup that I personally think is probably potentially the closest out of, you know, all of the ones that we just talked about in the East. The number four seed 76ers and number five seed Raptors. Of course, you would say they're the closest because they're this back to back, but we know how close <laughs> the East is. Don't come for me, mathematicians. <laughs> mathematicians. <laughs> You know it's my weakness. Come on now. <laughs> what do you see? What are you seeing out of this matchup here? Because this, um, this is going to be a tight one. I think it's so, going to go seven games. This one's interesting because remember, in order to play in Toronto, a visiting player must be fully vaccinated. Matisse yes. Stiebel is not vaccinated. Now, did I read it right when I read that he only? Took one dose of a two-dose yeah, vaccine? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I, I only saw some like, headlines. I, I, I can't even get into the logic behind why he does what he does. He did what he did. Whatever. Put that aside. He is ineligible to play games in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Now, you might be asking yourself, ah, oh, it's Rob, Matisse Stiebel. Well, but they got Joel Embiid and Jim Jordan. That's all that matters. You would think so. Matisse Stiebel is mm -hmm. their best defender. He is so critical to what they do defensively. And him not being there on any potential road games in Toronto, that's a problem, right? Because you'd likely put him on Siakam or Scotty Barnes or something like that. And now, and plus he's your number three player. Correct. So, you know, this is, this is going to be a problem for them. Now, of course, the Toronto Raptors have zero answer for Joel Embiid. Like literally none. Uh, no matter who, who, who presses Chua, uh, Boucher, Scotty, it doesn't matter who you put on him. Joel Embiid's going to do his. Now, yeah. what I will like to see in this series, Jenna, is Joel Embiid, can he play in a postseason up to the level he's played in the regular season? Because he has not truly dominated a postseason yet. No. And I want to see that, right? If he is, in fact, the best player in this series, then the, then the Sixers will win. But if he's coming in a little bit less, we got problems. And I will say this. James Harden Look, Scotty Barnes is going to be a nightmare guarding James Harden. Like he is going to like, Scotty's so long and strong, and he's going to bite on a lot of those pump fakes. And look, if James Harden is doing the thing where he's trying to get fouled instead of trying to score, look, the, it, it, because it, it all depends on what the referees do from a, a officiating standpoint. Are they going to have a tight whistle or a loose whistle? If they have a loose whistle and Embiid and Harden go to the free throw line 60 times, then this will be over in five games. And the Sixers will just kill them because they're going to get they're going to get into the bonus early in every quarter because those two are the best at drawing fouls. But if the referees do not call the game that uh, loosely like that or and, and call it tight or call it not, don't call it tight, hey man, uh, I don't know how they're going to get secondary offense besides Joel Embiid because James Harden has not looked good this year at all. Um, and so, you know, look, I think this is going to be a tight one. I want to say Raptors and six, but the Raptors worry me too, because I don't think they score enough points as good as Siakam is. And as good as Scotty Barnes has been and Fred Van Vliet, I just, you know, I worry about their offense. Like, can they get enough points and generate enough points? They're going to be a problem defensively. Nick nurse is going to scheme his way through a lot of different things here. I can see this going six for seven, uh, but I'm going to lean 
ever so slightly 76ers in six. Okay. Okay. Um, bonus question. Mm -hmm. Is this a make or break postseason for James Harden? I mean, yes. Look, you know, I'm a huge Harden backer and supporter and have been, you know, high on Harden ever since, I mean, since he was at Arizona State at college, but his OKC days. But every postseason, it's something, right? And he has not had strung together a good postseason front to back since his early OKC days. He had a couple decent ones in Houston, but those big games where he's a no-show, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. He forces his way out of Houston to Brooklyn. Forces his way out of Brooklyn to Philly. Hey, man, if you don't put something together and play to the level where you're capable of in the postseason this time, this is going to be an ugly stain on his resume that he's not going to be able to erase. So it's going to be mm -hmm. one of those things where, yeah, James Harden, great regular season player, but can't get it done in the postseason. And that'll and be it's his like, legacy. What are you, and yeah. it's going it's, it's to be unfortunate. It's going to really be unfortunate. Mm. Mm. Chills. All right. Let's move to the West because we need to chit-chat about the number one Phoenix Suns. Now, like the East, they will take on the number eight seed. That could be the Pelicans, Spurs, Clippers, or Timberwolves. A bunch of little uh, wild cards in here. Not so mm -hmm. much the Pelicans mm -hmm. for me, of course, or nearly the Spurs, but you never know. So talk to me about this one. I mean, are you worried about the Phoenix Suns at all when it comes to these teams? No. The Phoenix Suns have been a machine all season long. An absolute machine. They finished with the league with yeah. the best record, 64 and 18. Number two in adjusted net rating, as I mentioned, behind Boston. But again, they kind of put it in the slow gear down the stretch. Number five in offensive rating, number three in, in defensive rating. Look, this team came back this season on a mission. They were up 2-0 in the NBA Finals last year and lost four straight to the Milwaukee Bucks. And that game three could have turned a different way. They go up 3-0, things look a lot different, right? Mm-hmm. They came back with a with a on a mission similar to I feel like how the Spurs came back on a mission all those years ago against Miami when they lost that Ray Allen game and the next year they came back and they were like no we're getting back to this point and we're gonna win it now long way to go before we get there but that's the mindset that I saw from Philly from game Philly from Phoenix from game one they just came out from the jump and was like no we're we're going back Chris Paul Devin Booker Mikel Bridges DeAndre Ayton Cam Johnson, like this team is just, they're so good there. They truly are. The sum of their parts is greater than any one individual, right? Like that. it's mm -hmm. just, they're, they're just as a collective, they're so good. They're on a string. They're following Monty Williams's lead. I think round one's just going to be an opportunity for them to like, all right, let's get ourselves back in the gear here. I actually would like for them to kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit in round one, only because, in, in, in game one in round one, only because, I mean, they've really been kind of on cruise control all season. Right. So I kind of want a team to come out and jump on them early and have them wake up and be like, oh, it's the playoffs. Time to turn our gear up a level um, and really get ready. But, you know, I don't see Phoenix having any problem with any of the teams that, that they will potentially face in round one. I see this as a four game, five game at most. 
Agreed. I think the only thing that could really hinder them in that first round was if like Kawhi came back suddenly healthy and that's not right. And and I don't see that happening. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on and talk about this one because it'll be a close one. In my opinion, the number two seed Grizzly Cubs against the number seven seed. And that could be the Clippers or the Timber Poppies. (laughs) Yes, indeed. What would you do if it was the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves? Well, listen, you know, you know, I'm team Grizzlies. Shout out to my guy Trip J, John Moran, all 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 the guys down in Memphis. Looking, I'm still debating. I'm going to head down there for game one or game two. Um, but look, I Memphis, they're ready now to win a playoff series. Like this is this is the stage they're at now. They finished the year with the second best record in the league, um, and they're the clear number two team um, in the Western Conference. But it's time now that they move to the next level, which is, okay, we win a playoff series. We're going to win four out of seven. Now, mm-hmm. a series against the Clippers or Timberwolves will be tough because on the Clippers side, Ty Lue, hell of a coach, Paul George. I mean, you, listen, these are veterans who are battle tested. But mm-hmm. what, what, what did John Morant tell us? We ain't ducking no smoke. We climbing all the way up the chimney, right? Like, that's what he, that's what he told us, right? They're not ducking nothing. Ja. They're, they're, they're ready, right? They're ready for all comers. And so now... What I want to see out of Memphis is can they execute in the half court when defenses know this is what they want to do in a series against the Clippers who don't, the Clippers don't turn the ball over that much. Right. And that is how the Memphis Grizzlies like to get out and run. Right. That's their jam. All right. This team turns the ball over. Cool. We're going to, we're going to do our thing. And the Clippers don't turn the ball over like that. Like again, experienced veteran team. So it'll be interesting to see again, when Tyloo gets the game to slow down, forces them to play in the half court. What can they do? Can Jaron Jackson Jr. execute? Can Desmond Bain execute? Can these guys create shots for themselves, right? Beyond John Morant, we know he can get to the rim. Can other guys create and score consistently? That's what I'll be watching for. In a matchup against the Timberwolves, because the Timberwolves are young like the Grizzlies are, Timberwolves can be a little bit careless. They play with the the number one team in terms of pace in the NBA, so they can get very careless with the ball and turn it over. This could be a track meet, right? We could see games in the 120s maybe even 130s, right? Just because of how these teams will get up and down the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns would be an X factor in that series because again, as I said on our on our betting show, you know, can he be the best player in a series? I mean, he's certainly talented enough. He can. And if you get Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell doing their thing, my only fear with those guys is the consistency. Mm-hmm. You'll get that night from Anthony Edwards where he goes 13 of 20, but then you'll get a night where he goes one of 18, right? And in the postseason... You know, we'll, we'll, that's, you know, the, the, those those nights kind of bite you again when teams know, OK, this is the set they want to run. This is their counter. How do you how do you work against that? So I would say in a series against the Clippers, I would still give the Grizzlies the edge, but I think that would go six, possibly seven. But in a game against, in a series against Timberwolves, I like the Grizzlies in five, potentially six. Either way, Memphis, I believe, moves on to the conference semifinals. I I would have to agree just because of, I mean, surface level, the confidence level that Memphis has. And I feel like John Moran has been proving himself the entire season for this specific moment. So I'm very excited to see him. Um, We ain't ducking no smoke, climbing all the way up the chimney. Of course. Of course he said that. I mean, he is he's an incredible soundbite, no matter what. All right. Let's talk about the number three Warriors and the number six Denver Nuggets. And something to point out here, Steph Curry could be coming back sooner than we thought. So something to keep at top of mind, too. And not to mention, 
we've been talking about these uh, nuggets, how there's one man carrying this team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, who, man, likely, at least he's my MVP, back-to-back, um, hell of a season. Jenna, he's carried Fancundo Campazzo, Austin Rivers, Will Barton, Bones Highland, Jermichael Green, and other players who, you know, unless you're a deep NBA fan, you're like, who? He mm-hmm. carried a team that has those guys playing significant minutes to the sixth seed in the playoffs. That is incredible. He is without mm-hmm. two other max players in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., neither of which will be back for the playoffs. And that's a serious like- statement. He's without two max players right mm-hmm. now. Yep. Incredible. The fact, the fact that they're a sixth seed is a testament to how great he is. But Jenna, against this Golden State Warriors team, and we'll talk about them in a minute, I just... Even if Steph is not available and not 100%, I just don't think Denver has enough. Like, they just, I mean, there's just not enough there. I mean, who are you worried about on that team besides Jokic? Right. Yeah, exactly. There's just, and again, in the postseason, now, they're not going to stop Jokic. He's going to get his and do his thing. But I just, I don't trust those other guys. Like, Aaron, look, Aaron Gordon couldn't be the best player in Orlando. Orlando. Like, I mean, what that was funny. What what are we doing here? Right? I just there just is not enough. Now, you you tell me, oh, they get a healthy Michael Porter Jr. and healthy Jamal Murray. Well, that's a whole different ballgame, but that's not happening. So mm-hmm. Jenna, I mean, the greatness of Jokic can maybe win them a game, but I see Warriors in five. This I see them making pretty light work of this because again, Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, I think, can handle themselves okay against Jokic. They're not gonna double. And that's that's where Jokic kills you when you send the double. The Warriors were like, nah, we're not doubling because we don't trust. It. Nobody else on this team scares us. So, yeah, you can do your thing, but nobody else on this squad is going to beat us. And remember, the Warriors all season played top-level defense. They finished the year with mm-hmm. the number two defense and adjusted defensive rating. So, uh, yeah, not concerned. Yeah, I think it's a wrap with that one just because, I mean – Jokic has to be running on fumes at this point. So yeah, yeah. not 70, that I'm, and I don't mean 75, that. Seventy-five, seventy-seven. He played a ton of games. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not in no way, shape, or form no. doubting him. But like that, it's just like not humanly possible at this point. It's just too much. He he needs more yeah. help, and there's just those guys are not. There's not enough help on that team. You know. Exactly. Let's talk about a high-pressure matchup in mm. the West. The Mavericks, the number four seed Dallas Mavericks, and the number five seed Utah Jazz. This is a huge. Huge series for the Jazz, in my opinion, because they have a lot to prove. And I don't know what's going to happen after this season if they don't make it past the first round. A lot of things. Okay, first, let's start with the Dallas side. We do know that Luka Doncic has suffered a calf strain. And his status for game one is up in the air. Jenna, that changes the whole dynamic. No Luka and... And real quick, can you talk about, can you tell us the the healing timeline for a calf strain in the regular season. Depending on the severity, 14 to 18, I mean, that 14 to 18 days, that's mm-hmm. you're already that's already done with round one in 18 yeah. days. We're, we're in the round two. So, and again, Luka Doncic is the type of player that, you know, we usually go in these, in these playoff series when you're picking who's going to win or who's the best player, right? Because the best player generally wins the series. Yeah. Luka Doncic, is that guy, right? He can be the best player in this. I mean, he would he is the best player in this series. But if he's not healthy, this is and if he comes back too soon and he's limited and, and not as effective, this could really hurt Dallas. So I'd be mm-hmm. mindful here. 
Defensively, I like what Dallas does. And look, for all the problems Utah has, and look, Jenna, they got a lot of problems, okay? This is a team, and Donovan Mitchell said it, like, we got to go to the conference finals this year. Well, my guy, you have set yourself up for a tough road to make it there. Because let's say you do advance and you get past Dallas in round one. You get Phoenix in round two. Like, I just, you know, this is tough. Now, damn, the Utah Jazz did have the number one adjusted offensive rating in the regular season. We know they can score points. They shoot the hell out of the ball and take a ton of threes. Donovan Mm -hmm. Mitchell can average 50 in a series. We saw it in the bubble, right? Like, he can do that. We know about Rudy Gobert defensively. We know about Bogdanovich. Look, this is, you said it, this is a make or break postseason for the Utah Jazz. If they flame out in round one, it would be, I'd be very surprised if next season they're running it back the same. I, I mean, at least one Quinn, superstar is leaving. Well, at, le- uh, at least Quinn Snyder, head coach, he's likely gone. At least that's happening, yeah. I would say. And then the question is, do they make Donovan and or Rudy available to figure out, hey, man, we, we got to do something different here in Utah because this is, you know, they and, and everyone's down on Utah and rightfully so. Right. They had they the last couple of seasons, they've been like a top regular season team and they've underperformed in the postseason. Well, Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it's put up time, put up now time for them, right? We're like, look, we heard enough talk from y'all and we're going to dissect every little moment now, right? Like, ooh, is Donovan looking on Rudy? Ooh, are they not getting along? And they only had all these closed door meetings. We're fine. We're this, we're that. All right, yeah. man. We'll see when you lace it up, come playoffs, where you guys are at. And how the chemistry is because mm-hmm. you have a short period of time to find it. And gel together. So that should be interesting. Really quick, if you were the uh, front office in mm, Utah, in Utah? Mm. who would you make available? You can likely, you can get more for Donovan, I believe, in a trade package. But with Rudy, it's a very specific way to build your team around, right? You need specific, mm-hmm. they have to change things. Because as good as Rudy is, and we talk about he's one of the better defenders in the history of the league. But the way they play, they need better defense on the perimeter, right? Because to have him protect the paint and also switch out on the smaller guards, that's that's a lot, right? It's too much. Yeah, for you're his, pulling double duty for for what he has to do. You need to change that around. So it would be actually easier for you to move him, but you might get back less in return. Although, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a report that went out today, Jen. I don't know how accurate it is, but there was talk that. If the Jazz flame out early, um, if the Warriors would be interested in acquiring Rudy, Rudy Gobert in the offseason. Now, again, they got to figure out salary cap, da, 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 all that. But imagine a team, and they'd have to give up some young assets. Imagine if Jonathan Kaminga, I don't know, James Wiseman, and salary that has to match Rudy gets, gets sent over there. I mean, that, because that's the thing about Golden State, right? People always talk about they don't have enough size, they don't have enough size. I mean, that would be an interesting an interesting way to play for them. So, again, I don't imagine, know how true that is. I just saw it that float out there, but. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine coming up the court and you're looking under the basket and you see Rudy and Draymond Green. I'm running <laughs> the other way. I will score for you. I will go back. Well, the, the, the question there, though, is that, again, because of Rudy's salary, they – it's not enough to give them Kaminga because those salaries don't match. So yeah, the young people, but you need the money to match. Draymond is, I mean, they're not trading the staff. They're not trading clay. 
Well, Draymond's the, I mean, I guess it'll have to be Andrew Wiggins. It'd be Wiggins. <clears throat> yeah. You go Wiggins. You, you trade Wiggins and, and a bunch of the young guys because that would match salary wise. Yeah. You go mm-hmm. Wiggins. It'll Dang. be interesting. So imagine a Donovan, a Donovan Mitchell, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-hmm. You know, could be interesting. Anyway, I, again, right. I don't know how true that is, what have you, right. but that's that's something I saw earlier today. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So what's your pick for oh, Dallas oh, and Utah? My, my pick in that series, uh, okay, it all hinges on the health of Luka Doncic. If Luka's healthy and play, although here's the thing, I I think he's going to play hurt. That's what they're going to do. So Oof. Uh, I Oof. still think, I still, I know, I know it's tough, especially with the calf. I, I, Dallas in six, but I'm not 100% confident on that because if he tweaks it and he's like, how Harden was last year in the postseason on one leg and ineffective, Utah could, could take that. But I want to say Dallas and six right now. Okay, okay. I'm not mad at it. Not mad at it. But if Luca doesn't play, I'm I. Oh, I then can't Utah. Agree. Then it's Utah. Yeah. Then yeah. It's Utah. Very interesting. Well, guys, tonight that we are recording this, April 12th, the play-in tournament kicks off, and things are gonna get heated, and they're gonna change really quickly. So make sure you stick with us throughout the postseason. We got you covered. As always, folks, you know where to find us. We are part of the Props Network. Of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that, at 7 Brothers Pod on Twitter, at 7 Brothers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Jenna Lemoncelli. And until next time, Spent a couple years out here with these raps Tryna have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't wanna trap, what's a man gon' do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Ride around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull up on the scene